Hey everyone, this is the Love of Cinema podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you come to the right place. Both Ishkia and Dead Ishkia, Dead Ishkia even more so than Ishkia. Ishkia also has some drama in it. But but they, for me, they were also noir comedies, you know. Uh, and and Mushtaq Bhai was a bit like a clown for me, you know. It's almost like a Shakespearean clown who comes and says something right. important. I mean, you know, he what he's saying has great meaning, but but uh, but he's a clown, you know. And uh, and and making him a sort of like very very eccentric and a, almost a funny character also allowed us to sort of create the plot that we could because he is a threat. Folks, a very cool episode today, if I may say so myself. And the reason I say that is because we are going to chat about some of the coolest movies of the last ten years, and we are going to chat with the guy who made those cool films. Delighted to have Abhishek Chobe on the pod for a chat on his films, as well as films like Omkara and Makpool, films he contributed to, either as a co-writer or an assistant director. This is Himanshu, and you're listening to the Love of Cinema podcast. Before moving on, as always, an important request to all listeners of the podcast. If you enjoy organic conversations centered on Indian cinema, Love of Cinema podcast was created for people just like you. So do consider subscribing. Independent pods like this one don't have a platform ecosystem for amplification and distribution. Independent pods rely on amplification through its listeners. So if you like the episode, and I can't harp on this enough, please, please share the episode on social media, because that's the only way people would discover the podcast. So again, if you like the episode, please do share it with your friends. Also, do take a minute to review and rate the podcast. That would be much appreciated and would help the pod. Back to today's episode. Abhishek joins us to talk about everything from adapting Shakespeare to writing good story endings to prioritizing cinematic voice over cinematic chops. He shared stories around casting Nasruddin Shah and Ishkia how the nod to Chukta's lihaf in Deirishkia came about, the decision to set the final shootout in Deirishkia to a Begum Akhtar classic, the trouble with the release of Urta Punjab, and working with Salman Shaheed, the Pakistani actor who played Mushtaq Pai. Abhishek also shared what he learned about writing and directing from Vishal Bharadwaj during his early days. Ishkia, Deirishkia, Urta Punjab, Son Chidiya, Shakespeare, Vishal Bhadwaj, and much more with Abhishek Chauve. Here goes. Hey, Abhishek, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Manshu. Glad to be here. Thank you so much, Abhishek. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast and to talk about all the wonderful films that you have contributed to. So really appreciate this opportunity. You're welcome, man. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Abhishek, let's dive right in. Um, my first question to you was, you know, it's been said that Good books are often um, difficult to adapt in the sense that good books make bad movies. And especially adapting classics uh, can be a very tricky business. 
You co-wrote Omkara, a solid film that was an adaptation of one of Shakespeare's uh, greatest classics. Could you put on your uh, screenwriter's hat for a minute and talk about some of the common trappings of um, adapting classics? And also, at the same time, talk about how classics can uh, provide a tremendous opportunity for adaptations. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do admit that adaptation is a tricky business and um, especially, you know, great works of art. I mean, you know, there have been acclaimed, especially in Omkara's case. I mean, it's a great work of art that has been Uh, uh, that has been a favorite of people for many hundred years. So, so yeah. Well, when we started, we looked at each other and said, "No pressure." So, um, well, I mean, you know, uh, uh, no. The thing was, it, uh, the you know, coming from India, four um, hundred odd years later, doing a thello, uh, it was also very, very freeing in the sense that. you know you could be com- you could completely um you you were not bound by the setting of of the original story at all i mean you know you were going to uh, take it in a completely new realm so to speak you know uh, uh, by indianizing it as such um one of the one wonderful things uh, writing with uh, writing shakespeare with vishal was that uh, i am i was a literature student in college so for us shakespeare was big deal because and vishal as a matter of fact read shakespeare very late in life you know uh, after he was already well well established in bombay as a music composer and at that point in time in life he was looking for uh, something to do in films as in make films and uh, he discovered macbeth completely by chance you know uh, and he read, read an abridged ver- version and he what appealed to him was the plot of the story so uh, you know while most people react to shakespeare about his great poetry and 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 all of that i mean he was really taken with the fundamental plot the fundamental conflict of the story so i mean he he, he was in, he went for the jugular right from the word go you know this is what the story is about and this is what we need to attack and we need not get bogged down you know by 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 the you know bigness of the task you know it's it's all right if it's shakespeare it's no big deal so uh, so that was very freeing too you know vishal's attitude and and the fact that we were doing it in india which gave us a lot of room to you know uh, sort of reinterpret the text then the trick part was that uh, as opposed to a contemporary story a contemporary novel or a short story you don't if if you really love that story as it is i mean you don't have to tweak the plot much because it's all there but in othello's case because it's such an old text it's a play in five acts written so many centuries ago uh, you do have to rework the plot quite a bit i mean and keep, go to keep the heart of the matter you know as it as it is in the original text but again plotting has to be thought of a uh, completely new way and and uh, obviously as you see nomkara i mean about the first i would say the first half an hour you know is is only what would be a prologue to you know the original story i mean you know so we kind of it's the setup that we make which was which we had to you know plot completely and one of the things that we realized while we were writing omkara was that we we are going to take othello's poetry uh, you know very very fine poetry and uh, completely subverted by putting lots of bad words in it so, <laughs> but <laughs> no i mean jokes aside vishal did 
uh, think about it by this time he was making his second shakespeare and he was well aware of the reputation uh, while we got shakespeare's the the fervent nature of that you know text of that story we got it right in the story i mean it was all there the way we had thought of it and the way we were adapting it um vishal came up with a bright idea uh, as far as the language is concerned to give it a very very specific kind set, set in a very specific milieu with a very specific dialect and it was a dialect that he was very very intimately familiar with because he grew up in those parts and there is a beauty there is a there is a sort of a rhythm you know there is there is a sort of rhyme almost the way they talk over there and he could really bring that into the dialogue which sort of uh, was our way of paying tribute to the master you know whose whose poetry is of course but of course there are certain things that you can't do when you're doing an elizabethan play i mean you know you have these long soliloquies where the character expresses his conflict and his grief and his state of mind obviously you can't do that i mean you know you just have a quite brooding character in a close up and that's all you can do to to sort of you know uh, sort of show the audiences what he's going through so those challenges are there but adapting adaptation specifically as you spoke about i mean you know it compared to it's much it's very different when you take a 16th century 17th century text as opposed to something contemporary that's another ball game altogether in terms of just uh, opportunity so to speak i mean you have this great story to begin with what other uh, things are there you think in terms of uh, which kind of make it easy you know when you're trying to adapt um, a great classic like this i think the main trick is to really get what the text is really about i mean you know go understand it you know and 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 not just understand understand it intellectually feel it you know uh, you know so you 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 got to feel uh, othello's pain you got to feel uh, iago's iago's pain because he's also i mean you know he's he is not just a psychopath i mean he, what he does is very dangerous and very evil but there is a reason why this is, he's coming from somewhere so you've got to understand it emotionally uh you know what what shakespeare was trying to go for and uh, and, and try and find you know uh, uh, like i said i mean since you don't have the benefit of sorry lucky's and the character trying to sort of breaking the fourth wall uh you've got to find the parallels you know uh so i think that that i think is is of the essence that is the most important thing i would i would even go on to say that transposing it in 21st century india middle india sort of mufassil india even that is easier compared to it and that's cosmetic in that sense because obviously you're going to adapt it in india you're going to you know find a uniquely indian setting and um, and we had already realized in makbul that mafia makes for great uh, setting uh, you know for for shakespeare because somehow the rules of uh, the society back then are only reflected in the gangland in present day and age mm. much much harder to do it you know uh, in any other setting so, uh, so so a lot of so so so, so the you know in, in in for example in othello there's a talk of succession um you know in macbeth there is a talk of succession who's going to be the thane new thane and othello so you you replace that sort of you know uh, with the bahubali here or with bollywood industries for it because uh, you know so it kind of makes sense i mean uh, <laughs> the only the only other sort of uh, 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 and also you can you can you know shakespeare sword fights and violence also you can do in the mafia story uh, if you were to do it in say so for example you do it in politics you'd be able to do all of that minus you know people are i mean pe- people killing off each other and not that it doesn't happen in politics but not so you know uh, it's not so out in the open 
so uh, so so transposing it to a contemporary setting while it's a challenge it's a fun challenge but that the what really at the heart of the matter is what the text is really about and uh, you know uh, uh, shakespeare's texts work as intellectual concepts in the sense that if you talk about macbeth you're talking about uh, sort of ambition and uh, you know uh, unbridled ambition and you in othello you're talking about irrational jealousy and sort of inferiority complex i mean these are universal emotions you really got to understand them and um, find different tools than shakespeare to be able to communicate it to uh, the audience emotionally yeah that's that's the real challenge gotcha and abhishek you assisted vishal on magpul were you part of the writing team as well not not no i was not uh, not part of the writing team as such but i was privy to the writing process to a great degree i mean uh, by the time i joined him uh, on makbul they had already written the first half um, but the uh, second half they were still fleshing it out so I, i i got a chance to see their process as they were doing it and uh, yeah so i mean, and at that that time i was i had not even written a script, short film script at that time so 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 it, in that sense it was a learning ground i see okay and um, maybe this is the right time to ask you the next question Yeah. Uh, while we are still on shakespeare um there is an old woman with a torch in uh, ishkia uh, mm. she's a very <laughs> shakespearean mm. character a character yeah. that has very few lines and scenes but plays a major yeah. role in the larger scheme of things what was yeah. the central idea behind that character to talk about it, it, it what ishkia is about in a net nutshell it's it's it you take this uh, lonely uh, lonely woman disenfranchised living in the margins of society as vulnerable as it can get in the indian society uh and uh, and 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 takes takes on to very macho within courts you know men you know and uh, so uh, it, it it's somewhere that you know what she is krishna is a slightly inscrutable character especially if you are a self absorbed male you know which both these characters were and so were the character of her husband you know uh for it's a man's world and and women are just living in it and krishna is that one person who's living in a man's world and and sort of the men in her life can only see an image of her they don't really see who she is you know uh the only person who really understands who who she is is that old lady although she doesn't say it in so many words but she knows her pain and she's keeping the sort of the flame alive because um Uh, krishna was blown away literally by her husband you know and she has burned marks to prove and her burnt house is there and and sort of you know th- that woman is keeping that flame alive she's got that burning torch in her hand which is you know what krishna is really going to do at the end she's going to burn the whole thing down and and that's exactly what she does because her plan is that her husband is going to come and all the uh, gas cylinders are going to be on and she's just going to burn the whole house down and that's her revenge that's uh, you know that's when she will be whole you know and 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 sort of that woman is the only one who really understands so so that's who she is. and it, it only takes it, it takes a woman to understand another in this right. other world you know right yeah yeah i remember when i watched the film the very first time i um you know thought of her as the guardian angel of vidyabalan you know that sort of yes she's there that, yeah. but i thought you know there might be some other reference to since you have worked <laughs> you know so extensively yeah. with shakespeare and so i was thinking maybe you know did i miss something there no i mean you know if you if you see in omkara there is a, there is another old lady very much like this one right, right. a very minor small part 
and 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 somewhere i mean when you know, and that 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 uh, uh, that lady that i mean she she is not a professional actor but she was a find when our casting directors were across, going across the country so there was this very minor character of an old lady in the house um and these guys find found this gem you know and and she was a natural you know and that sort of that 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 lady just stuck in my head you know, somebody like that so um, when we wrote ishkia i mean the 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 lady who plays that part in ishkia is a different one but very similar in nature so somewhere at that point in time all those years ago i was also quite taken with this old lady who's you know who's very bebak you know she doesn't have any inhibitions and uh, uh, can say she 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 can say anything to anybody i mean you know she's that kind of a person and so so yeah that that's that that was the inspiration behind that old woman's character and of course thematically very interesting very interesting and i got to ask you this um, you know gulzar zizazat is a favorite of mine and i remember reading right. an old interview of yours where you mentioned that part of the reason for casting uh, nasruddin shah in ishkia was his character mm. of mahendra nizazat is that hmm. accurate first of all and could you elaborate more on that in the in the, in the sense that uh, uh, you know when i saw it just pretty late after i came to bombay and i started working in the film, in films so up until that time growing up uh, the, the nasir bhai's films that we had seen i mean you know i i what few shambhenegals i had seen i had seen and then you had seen films like jalwa and mohra and tridev and all of that i never imagined him to play this is to be this you know really really uh, deeply romantic kind of a character i mean you know i never seen him do that and then when i came to bombay and in my early days in bombay i saw ijazat i just started working with vishal around that time and i saw and i saw ki wow this guy can you know you know can really really do romance on screen and can be really really nice to see so yeah so that so so that was there i mean you know so and 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 yeah i mean in both the films i think his best scenes are uh, you know which have a slightly romantic color in them absolutely i think especially those scenes where he's pining <laughs> those are gold <laughs> those are gold yeah. i mean he's such a great actor i mean this is uh, you know it, yeah, it yeah. need to be said lots uh, of but, fun to work with yeah. yes yes um Abhishek, there is a dissolve in um, son chidia that transitions from the eyes of a little girl um, to the eyes of uh, ashutosh rana and then there is something a similar scene in ishkia if you will um where i believe we sort of dissolve uh, maybe dissolve is not the right word but we sort of transition from vidya balan's face to the red uh, naxal flag in a village mm. could you uh, now put on your director's hat for a minute and mm. talk a bit about these two scenes the similarities and the craft uh, behind them uh, i think uh, yeah i mean to start with i mean uh, uh, dissolve as a transition i think it's a dissolve only from uh, krishna's face to the flag okay uh, dissolve as a transition um, has been around for nearly as long as film has been uh, and uh, mostly i mean it is an overused sort of a transition especially through <laughs> an earlier era i mean you know uh, the 50s and the 70s you know it was overused and kind of sort of in our, when we became filmmakers it had slightly fallen off favor but these two transitions that you mentioned are very different in nature the intention is very different uh, but uh, but somehow i mean there are certain tricks old tricks you know 
uh, one of them being dissolves, another being using zoom lens judiciously uh, are things that I enjoy very much as, as a filmmaker. And uh, especially what I like to do, what's common, I think, in between both these transitions is that in both the shots, in both the transitions, uh, the camera is, first of all, going closer to one character. Like in the case of uh, uh, Ishkia, it is going towards it. I think it's zooming to zooming to uh, Vidya Balan when it transitions to the red flag. In this case also, I think we are... Uh, the drone is going, uh, you know, to the girl's face and it's almost sort of a moving in kind of a shot from where we, yeah. So in, 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 in Sonjira's case, it's a fairly, the idea is fairly simple because uh, this comes in the second half. You know, you've seen about uh, an hour, 15 minutes of the story. And we have seen this little girl in many places. And we've been trying to understand that what is this about? We do know that there is some kind of history, there is some kind of crime at the heart of it and something that they've done wrong and they are um, unable to deal with that guilt. But we don't, don't really know the story and we don't know the exact connection between uh, that little girl uh, and Ashutosh Rana's character, you know, his, his, his violence, you know, the, the way he's, it's not professional for him, it's personal. So, so by going close to the girl and going from her face to Ashutosh Gujar's, uh, playing Gujar in that face, it's almost like you see that this is the heart of the matter. You know, this is this is where it all began, and this this was the girl was the past, and now, you know, uh, it, it, it is it is Rana who is the you know who's going to avenge what. So that that's the heart of the matter. It's one and the same thing, you know. Th that's the crime and that's the deliverance. I mean, that's the justice you're going to get for it. So it's that sort of a connection that you draw, you know. Uh, so I, so in that sense, when you're trying to build the connection uh, between two, which so far have been disparate elements elements of the story, and I think this all really functions that very well, uh, that performs that function very well. And in, in, similar, in a similar way, although the transition means very different things in uh, Ishkia, and when you go from Krishna's face and you dissolve to the red flag, um, Krishna knows where Babban is going. You know, when 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 she tells him that Nandu has done this and he gets on his bike and hops on and goes to find Nandu, she knows where he is going to go, and she knows what lies over there, and she knows that what lies over there connects to her husband. You know, uh, so 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 although you don't at that point in time make a connection. That there is that that Krishna has anything to do with that red flag, or has there anything to do with that village? But it's sort of uh, sort of foreshadowing that uh, you know that red flag and what lies behind is connected directly to Krishna's character. So in these, when you're trying to build connecting two very different things, I think the dissolve functions very well, and I think that was the reason I chose. I see. That. Nice, great, great to know that. That's great insight. That dissolve in Sonchidia is one of my favorite scenes from the film. And I don't know why, but it always, every time I see Sonchidia, it always reminds me of the scene from the climax in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, you know, where we cut from an extreme <laughs> close-up of um, Charles Bronson to the young Henry Fonda yeah. and back to uh, Charles Bronson. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 different, but it's I, I think there is some similarity in the sense, the kind of the emotions that it evokes and the links that it kind yeah. of draws up. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I really fell in love with that scene. That was a great scene. 
Um, yeah, I, 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 Once Upon a Time in the West and The Wild Bunch were two films which were inspiration for, uh, of course, Bandit Queen. Uh, the, the, these were the films that were inspiration for us uh, in Sonjiriya. And, and Once Upon a Time in the West and Wild Bunch really set the ground rules of, uh, you know, Western cinema. I mean, you know, the, it doesn't get better than that. Everything after that is revisionist. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where it is at, yeah. Abhishek, I um, wanted to talk about your approach uh, to filming violence. Um, and I'm again, I'm going to take two examples and uh, maybe uh, somewhat contrasting. And if you could, again, kind of, um, you know, um, shower some insight onto us, that would be nice. So the first instance is in Urta Punjab, uh, you know, where we have Alia fighting and killing with the huge nail. Um, mm. where the violence is explicitly shown, you know, so to speak. And mm. contrast that with a scene from Son Shidia where uh, Fulia is killing Beni Ram by bludgeoning mm. him to death with the rifle butt. But the camera mm. stays away from the act of violence and we don't actually mm. get to see it explicitly. We What we right. see is the gang and we actually see right. her screams, you know, which is again yeah. symbolic of all the, you know... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. torture and the uh, torment that she has been through. Could you contrast yeah. these two um, approaches of uh, filming violence and how, uh, in terms of storytelling? Yeah, that's a very good question, actually, uh, because both these scenes are completely opposite of each other in, 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 in you know, in every sense. Um, the intention behind the two scenes are very different. Uh, another thing, important thing is that Alia scene when she's surrounded by those four men and she's fighting to the nail, uh you know uh, uh is is the is the start of something is the start of uh, her uh, her nightmare so to speak i mean you know a long nightmare the long journey through hell that she goes through in that film um and and as opposed to pulia's act of violence is the end of something it's, it's a coming you know it's 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 the circle is finished with that with that with that one act so, so these are two very different things. I mean, um, and, and that's that's one of the reasons why I choose to show one and choose and not the other, um, uh, because it is it was imperative in um, Mary Jane. I mean, we'll call her Mary Jane because she doesn't really have a name. It was important to sort of, you know shake the audiences at this point of the story uh, to to give them a sense of the kind of violence uh, she can expect she's she's going to go through in this future but the choice that we made was this that i don't i don't find it right to show violence against uh, somebody who's completely helpless you know, I, you know, where, where it's very hard to not be gratuitous, you know, when you're trying to do that. Like, for example, um, when there is a scene in, in many movies, then there's a rape scene, so to speak, you know. And uh, uh, when, say, a Gaspar Noy does it, I mean, he really earns, you know, the, 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 the image that he shows is irreversible. He earns the right to show it because of the points that, that he's making. Uh, and so it's very hard to know what is gratuitous and what is not gratuitous I mean, in, in these kind of scenes. So you have to be very, very careful uh, as a filmmaker. And uh, when we were thinking about this scene, Sudeep and I, I mean, we realized that 
look i mean she's a young woman she it must have taken a lot of courage and strength for her to leave her place in bihar and come all the way to punjab which is on the other end of the country and um to find employment and live like that i mean it takes enormous amount so i mean she's not somebody who's going to take shit lying down i mean you know she's going to fight i'm not interested in showing the sexual violence that she goes through because that is that, 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 that if i imply it people have imagination and they're going to know you know but i'm interested in showing how she fights you know and and so basically i create that scene and i keep it only till she is overpowered what happens after she is overpowered is i leave it to your imagination so when i see her because it's a character just because it's a character that we have created it doesn't mean we don't respect that character we respect that it's a human being for us so we've got to show her a respect what light do we show her in so so that's what we choose we choose to show her fighting her tormentors tooth and uh, tooth and nail taking them on and to a certain extent these four hatta katta punjabi men i mean you know uh, most you know most men like me wouldn't have a chance against them this little runt of a girl you know and she takes them on and she fights them and fights them holds them up for quite a while mm, uh, until she is overpowered naturally so so we so the point of the scene is not that she's going to be kidnapped and she's going to be you know uh, Mm, there's going to be atrocities committed against her the point of the scene is that this girl has a lot of strength the point of the scene is this strength this girl has the will to fight and the energy to fight it that was the point of the scene and we leave it's part of the characterization the yes it is part of the characterization so that's that it was and the reason to not show the violence in uh, sunjay was very fairly simple because in, in a sense sonchriya the character the little girl is fully a grown up you know uh sonchriya as a girl has faced the kind of abuse that phulia also faced when she was a little girl i mean you know um beni ram the character who she kills uh, there are two characters his older brother beni ram and dhani ram uh, are are replacements of lala ram and daya ram who were the original guys that Poonam Devi wanted to, uh, you know, was after, and it was played by Govind Namdev in uh, Bandit Queen. So we changed it to Dhani Ram and Beni Ram. So be, so it, it's 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 a, it's a bit of a counterfactual history. Uh, it's a bit of a, you know alternate history in, in real life. Poonam Devi could never get Lala Ram and Daya Ram. She never got them. She never could kill them. In in our stories, you know, because of Lakna, you know, our Poonam gets her revenge. so that was a little neat piece of uh, you know alternate history work that sudeep and i could manage to do and uh, and because you have faced you you've already come to terms by now of the pain that sonchriya the little girl has been through you're aware that she has been abused and you're aware that you know that little girl is in tremendous amount of pain you know because of the violence that's been committed on her uh, you sort of understand what phulia must have gone through you know and her need for revenge you you kind of you know make sense of it and again sh- showing beniram getting pulverized is of what pathos am i going to create via that and there's nothing to create i mean and and then this just violence that i'm saying somebody's head being bashed by the butt of a rifle i mean that's that's you know 
but what's more interesting to see is to hear her cries right because right. and that's very that's, effective that's, in that scene yeah yeah that's what she's been through like even in the fulfillment of her revenge there is only pain because because such acts they they never really go away even with the completion of the revenge so it's yeah she's been scarred for really, life right yeah Let's talk about something a bit lighter now. Uh, sure. Mustaq Bhai's character in that track, uh, played by the yeah. great Pakistani actor uh, Salman uh, Shahid. Uh, to yeah. begin with, I love how Mustaq Bhai's voice is like a crossover. Bit. It's like a cross between Vito Corleone and Saba Karim Shah, you know, the character that Firoz Khan played <laughs> <Yeah>. in Janishi. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, yeah. I, you know, I, there's so many times that I've kind of, you know, rewinded his dialogues just to get a kick out of it <laughs> because I, I just love his voice. Can you ta- uh, talk a little bit about that track and uh, casting uh, Salman Shahid in it? Yeah, both Ishkia and Dead Ishkia. Dead Ishkia even more so than Ishkia. Ishkia also has some drama in it, but there, but the, for me, they were also noir comedies, you know. uh and and mushtaq bhai was a bit like a clown for me you know it's almost like a shakespearean clown who comes and says something right. important i mean you know he what he's saying has great meaning but but uh, but he's a clown you know and uh, and and making him a sort of like very very eccentric and a, almost a funny character also allowed us to sort of create the plot that we could because he is a threat he is a threat they are on they are running from him and and he is powerful and they he will beat them up but he also know he's never really going to kill them you know so so the threat is only so much which keeps the proceeding slightly light hearted because these are right i mean you know krishna krishna's track is very serious in ishka but they are for me they are i mean compared to my other films they are light hearted films so uh, so he's a bit of bit of a joker you know who comes in and he also does a great service to the plot because he propels it forward you know uh, with regards to the two men and all his scenes are like items you know sort of whenever he comes it's 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 almost like a gag you know that is going that you're going to see and some good ones i actually had to leave out on the edit table also because we had written some other ones and, and they were fun but for brevity we had to let them go also um uh but uh, so it was a fun character to create and the climax of the film where he lets them go uh was almost an afterthought uh earlier the film wasn't ending like that you know earlier uh, there was this big uh, gunfight and all of that and uh, and these two three guys just walked away from it and uh, then we thought about it and then we wrote this uh, new you know sort of it's almost like an epilogue because the film is well and truly over that these three people are going and he's got them in his crosshairs and he sort of sort of just sums up the film at that point in time you know uh, so so he he he's 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 a he's a jester he's a clown uh, but he's also sort of a sutradhar you know uh, where he kind of gives you you know uh, a sort of and it's a character that you yeah that that you brings a smile on your face whenever he comes on screen yeah and salman shahid was a very very happy accident uh, because uh, you know these the, 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 these were those times where we could still cast pakistani actors and there was quite there were quite a few of them that had that had been doing indian films and there are, all of a sudden it, a new thing had opened up uh, you know my dear friend who i worked together now with uh, who's we run a company together hanit rehan uh, 
he's also a very famous casting director. Uh, and although he did not do the casting in Ishkia because he was busy working with Vishal Kamini at that time, but I met him one day and we were talking about that I was having trouble casting a few actors and I just wanted some sort of suggestions from him. And he said, look to Pakistan because there are a lot of good actors. And and uh, <clears throat> and then I contacted, I spoke to my casting director who organized these actors and I saw Salman Shahid's audition. And... And, and he performed a lot like how, how he's done it in the in the film, you know, like, <laughs> a lot like that. And I said, this guy, I mean, you know, it's 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 very different from how I imagined this character. But what this guy is doing is so unexpected that it's it's, it's really going to be special. So let's bring this guy in. And I really believe that that's how he talks in life because, and when I met him, he was like a regular guy and he talks normally. Hi, how are you doing? And I mean, I said, <laughs> how do I? Because whenever the Whenever he, he starts acting, he becomes that. He just becomes that, you know. And and he's he's a stage veteran also. He's done a lot of television in Pakistan. And he had his theory about it. I mean, he wanted to bring elements of um, theater, you know, theatrical performance uh, in, in this character. And I was all for it, I mean, you know, because uh, this was a film that could afford it, you know, because... Not every kind of film can afford such mannered performance, you know, but this film could afford it. And also reminded me of, when I saw him acting, it reminded me of a character from one of um, one of, uh, uh, one of of my favorite films in the sense that I, it's one of the most fun films I've seen. It's a film called Black Cat, White Cat by Amit Kusturica. Uh, and um, it's a really fun film. He's a great director. Uh, and in Black Cat, White Cat, there's a character called Uncle Garga. You know, GRG, and he's, he, he, if you see that character film, you watch that film, I, and I don't think Salman Shahid had seen that film because. But when he performed, he instantly reminded me of that Uncle Garda character. That you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot like that. I mean, you know, um, and and yeah, I, and and a lot of things that I brought into the film with regards to Mushtaq's character was because of his performance. When I saw his, yeah, he's going to be like that. That's when I got the idea of. He, he carries a, a rocking chair everywhere, regardless of where he's going. You know, there is a rocking chair in his truck and he, he just takes it out and they could be sitting by the lake, they could be sitting by a graves, graveyard, wherever they are. He's got his rocking chair with him, you know. And um, and then there is there is a his personal valet who carries an umbrella behind him wherever he goes. And that was, that was a thing that I took from Bollywood stars because I see that, you know, <laughs> everywhere. I mean, their umbrella follows them everywhere. No matter where they go, so so these things that I could do these things, I could bring these, you know, I could prop him up uh, because because his performance, you know, really uh, was giving me the room to do. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. That that track is cool, and Salman Shahid, like you said, is such a cool actor. Uh, that's yeah. uh, that's one uh, heck of a memorable track. Uh, Abhishek, both um, Ishkia and Dead Ishkia are stories uh, with women who have been wronged or deceived, and um, in both films. The women use uh, Kalu and Babban for their own agenda. Two men who are essentially yeah. um, schemers, you know, and scheme people for a living. So there's this uh, kind of like a circle of fate, if you will, nicely bookending these two stories. And mm-hmm. something similar in Son Chidiya as well, because there is that uh, circle of uh, salvation bookending that mm-hmm. story, you know, where the film ends with uh, Ashutosh Rana um, taking a bullet from a constable huh. from his own team. In Urta Punjab, however, uh, you know, we have a very interesting end where one of the last shots is uh, Sartaj looking at Bali. And we get mm. the feeling that he, like most 
is stumped with the drug situation there. And although he's doing yeah. his bit to clean up things, he's yeah. really clueless as to the greater solution and as to what the solution is, even to his brother's yeah. uh, affliction. My yeah. question uh, is about um, writing endings and making yeah. decisions about whether to bookend uh, the stories in their final acts or leaving them open-ended. Um, could you share yeah. your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, now that you say it, I do agree. I mean, that Urta's ending is very different from the other three films because, because yes, the circle is complete sort of in, in the other three films. Uh, but in Urta, it isn't uh, entirely. Uh, for the simple reason, because Urta was, uh, was about a contemporary issue, you know, a social issue. And uh, although it has a lot of, sort of um, movie elements. Uh, the film has a lot of movie elements because I also wanted to make it entertaining and as much entertaining I could uh, and dramatic so that people could really purchase the issue that I was really trying to, you know, uh, identify in the film and, you know, make, make. Why we were risking that film is uh, we sort of looked into each other in the eye and we said that, look, uh, we have, we will have to, um, sort of keep this issue at the top of our uh, priority list because uh, our cinematic chops can be compromised but what cannot be compromised is what we are trying to tell the audiences here uh, and what we realized was that the drug problem can be viewed at two levels one being the problem of the individual you know a drug addict who's who's a consumer who's an addict and a and, and how that is killing him. Uh, and there is a systemic problem, which is, which is a social problem, a political problem, a problem of policing. Uh, you know, and, and what we realize that the systemic problem is unsolvable, literally. Because if the drug problem could be solved, it would have been solved. <laughs> you know, it cannot be solved. I mean, unfortunately. I mean, it's like true all over Not the world. Not only there is a... It's all over the world. I mean, the US has been fighting... US has, the DA has been fighting cocaine problem for, you know, 40 years now, 50 years now. I mean, and, and they're not even close. You know? So uh, it's it's not a problem of uh, rich country, poor country or anything of that sort. It is not solvable. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we will have to go beyond it. I mean, the, the film doesn't offer any solutions. My personal view is that we will have to go beyond it. What the film tries to say is, it cannot be solved. So that's what Sartat sets out to do. Karina Kapoor's character, the doctor and, uh, and the cop. You know, these are the two guys who are dealing with the drug problem at a systemic level, the doctor and the cop. And they are trying, they try to solve the systemic problem by catching the perpetrators and exposing the racket. And they come out a cropper because it's not going to be solved. It cannot be solved. Whereas the personal issue, the personal issue of the personal problem, the personal addict, the addict who's suffering through uh, through love and affection and care and whatever it takes, you know, for somebody to get out of addiction, uh, can solve it. So while it is solvable at a personal level, and that's what we see happening to Tommy and to Mary Jane, that both of them are out of it, I mean, you know. Um, but, you know, in this case, they aren't. So that was what we realized. That is what we can do. There are, we cannot offer any solutions. We can just say that 
so so that's why urta is is the way it is the end is the way it is you know in 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 alia's character's case it does come to full circle because she has managed to get out of the problem get out of the mess and she is at that uh, seaside resort the beach that she was always wanting to go and she is there at the end of the story uh, and uh, but it has not been solved in in the case of you know the systemic problem that sartaj was trying to solve the other three films in that since the end was i mean i wouldn't say easier but there was a natural path towards it i mean you know it, it, it we sort of yeah i will arrive exactly at that when we were writing the end uh but there was this image in the head because i mean you know when we were thinking about ishkia when we were thinking about writing ishkia or dead ishkia we sort of knew that at the end of the film these three guys are going to walk away sort of like into the sunset uh having solved krishna's problem you know and uh, uh, having won her over without having solved the love triangle part of it but they're now beyond it i mean you know they're friends for life sort of and and they'll walk away into the sunset we, that image was there we knew that that's where it's going to land you know we didn't know how to get there and and we had to work our way through it but we sort of knew in dedishkia's case also we knew that these two girls would have made it you know uh, one way or the other and 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 they are you know soaking the sun in some far away town and you know have found their peace while our heroes are back to you know we we knew that's where it's going to land was well, getting there was an issue so we, and sonchi also we knew that the girl is going to make it to the hospital and lakna is not i mean you know lakna will sort of get his deliverance lakna will uh, find his peace but uh, he will die i mean we we all knew that i mean you know and uh, um we also knew that when we started writing and sudeep came up with this sort of phrase sab khavego chuhe ke when he came up with that phrase we that, that's what gave us the idea of doing the epilogue to say what's going to happen to gujar i mean you know um and 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 it was not just a book end it's not just that ki okay gujar has been shot and the story is over because we, what we have not shown is that at the end of that i mean after gujar has been killed these two guys who were his uh, second in command and third in command i mean they are going to now become bagi so because that they, they won't have a choice they'll run into the the the, the bihar again and you know a new gang will be formed and the cycle of violence will you know it's perpetual it's, it perpetuates itself and it's going to go on and on and on Sometimes right i remember uh, sudeep mentioned uh, when i did the episode with him on sonchidia that one of the points of that ending was that you know you guys wanted to show that things are not really going to change in chambal they're still going it, to it's yeah. kind of stuck in time there and it's going to remain yeah, like yeah. that for at least uh, you know the foreseeable future yeah 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 i mean and and the whole thing is that in certain some some ways you know when you're writing a story a uh, uh, film somewhere you in, in many stories you know you know the end is going to be this the struggle is how do we get there but you have the image at the end you know this is this is where it should land and uh, sometimes it does happen that you surprise you you surprise yourself i mean you in the journey you find something that is even more meaningful or deeper and you say hey chuck that and this is this is a good way to go but you do have an image at the end but sometimes you don't really know 
I mean, you know, sometimes you don't really know exactly where it's going to land. Especially Uttar Kesar was more complicated because because it was it 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 was a sort of an ensemble. So there were multiple characters who had to be rounded off. I mean, you know, and uh, although every film that I've made have have had multiple characters, but you are really concerned with that one character or two characters. What's going to happen at to them at the end? That is of the essence, and everybody you can work around that. So you 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 you, very, you have to be very clear about what's going to happen to Lakhna at the end. I mean that 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 needs to you need to be very clear about that this needs to happen, and then we'll figure the rest out. You know, as for that. So sometimes you know it, sometimes you have an idea, and sometimes it's blind, and that's the harder hardest one. I mean, when you don't know where it's going to land. The uh, nod to uh, Chukta's uh, lihaf in Deirish kya uh, Abhishek was, was that oh. always there in uh, the story germ, or was that something that you guys developed along the way while fleshing out the story? No, that came uh, very late into the writing, as a matter of fact. Uh, Deirish kya was a long time. Uh, it took a long time for us to get to the story that is Deirish kya because when we started off. Um, So I had no plans of doing any sequel or anything of that sort. Uh, it was Shimaru and then Vishal and then Nasir Bai who were like saying, "No, no, no, do a sequel, do a sequel." They started developing it also. A uh, new set of writers came and they started developing it, and I was like really lukewarm about it. And then after some time, they had they did a draft which was not quite there. It had some fun stuff, but not quite there. That's when we decided. I decided. Vishal told me, "Yeah, you really need to get into it." I said, "Okay." My condition is that you and I will do it. You know, not anybody else. So we then both of us started, and we started working, and we we were happy with the setting of the story and the tenor of the story, the mood of the story, but we were not happy with the story. <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it, so I remember that time. At that time, point in time, we used to go to Vishal's Masuri house to write. There's this lovely bungalow in Masuri, and it's a great place to just relax and do your writing work. And I wrote two or three films there. So anyhow, we were in Masuri, and we were struggling. And uh, as always, the end of the film was not making sense, you know. And and I remember we were in conversation through the morning. Can you share with us what was the original ending, like uh, or the ending the that you guys had that was, time? The, uh, Yeah, the original ending was something. I mean, uh, without getting into details, it was something like that. The Begum takes away with a bag of money and vanishes. So, uh, you know, that sort of a thing. And I and we were talking about it that it was not giving us the cake. And I kept saying that, you know, if it's all about a bag of money, then what's the fuss all about? I mean, then why is it? Why should I be watching this film? It's all about bag of money and this, that, and the other. And then, then, then we kept talking. We kept talking, and I, I don't remember the exact flow of conversation, but I, what I do remember saying. Is it the only way the story makes sense if Munia and Begum are in love? And uh, I, I just—it was just a throwaway remark. It was coming from you know. I just said that's the only way it makes sense. And I said it, and then we nodded and we went quiet. And then it struck us that oh, we are onto something. <laughs> so so then we uh, took a break and then we talked about okay, okay, this is fun. This this could work. There's a nice symmetry to the story. So up until that time, we did not even have Munia and Begum's. You know, we had a lot of the plot, but we did not even have the Munia and Begum relationship established. And and this was we had worked on the script for a few months, and uh, then we broke, and then we started working again in the evening. And then when we had our evening cup of tea, that's when Vishal said, "Ki, you know what should happen? They should be tied up." And uh, then Kalu says, 
बहुत ठंड लग रही है हाफ मांग लेते हैं डिसीजन you know i mean shootouts are really boring i mean you know for a filmmaker i mean you know what are we going to do i mean people, a bunch of people are just going to fire guns at each other and uh, you're going to go completely nuts in the shoot putting you know squibs and uh, it's just like a pain painful thing and it's just a set piece for nothing so uh, and somehow this really really the film has such a fragile texture there's such a such a sweet kind of a spot the film is you know with, with, with the kind of tonality and the texture to un, to end it in a bunch of bullets firing it was just like not you know not not it is not just coming together in my head uh, and um, and and there after you know uh, we had already used this puzzle <clears throat> in a in a scene earlier you know and uh, and sort of the मनोज पहा so so i mean you know it just sort of it was such a it was subverting the whole concept of the gazal and and that's and, and that gazal was subverting the whole concept of bloody shootout the climactic shootout so i mean it was it was just a great idea and uh, and i insisted that we'll use the original rather than re-record it or contemporize it there's nothing nothing doing and uh, i think uh, most of us i mean nasir had a chuckle when i told him about it and uh, yeah it's going to be fun and then um, the shooting itself uh, it was it was fun shooting it but it was hard in the sense that um, the climax was one of the last things i shot uh, the thing about derish ke took took us i mean number of days one that many number of shooting days one that many but it was shot over a lot long period of time because uh, short schedules you know little time and i just could not find the location for this shootout for this climactic i just could not find the location i tried very hard we looked uh, through up and through maharashtra went as far as gujarat but we couldn't find anything 
and uh, months had passed since we had started shoot and then finally we got pictures uh, from this location in rajasthan of this town uh, real 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 one horse town called bap and we found the station which was great i mean you know visually appealing so we decided to go there and shoot and just so happened that we were there in early august shooting this and uh, what is everybody wearing they are wearing sherwanis and achkans and you know and what's the temperature it's 51 so uh, <laughs> so so yeah so a lot of people had a hard time in that sense because it was unbearably hot and uh, you know most of the characters are dressed to the nines as if you know um going for a mushaira in the middle of that heat so 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 yeah it was i'm sure it wasn't a lot of fun for vijayraj and manoj bhava <laughs> <laughs> with with this karakul cap and all of that but uh, but i don't I mean, it was a hard shoot because shootouts are hard to do and uh, there was a lot of blowing up and a lot of lot of little things that i had to do because you know with manoj bhava takes a shotgun and fires it uh, on a um, uh, on this uh, on this water tap that is over there uh, you know and the station and and the whole thing becomes a fountain and that's the that's the opening of the guzzle so i mean these these effects had to be pulled off so it was uh, excruciatingly slow because of all of these things but i also remember it being a lot of fun because uh, the, the atmosphere was uh, fun i mean to do um it was mostly have we mostly had a good time because nasiba is really pleasant to shoot with at most times but he hates doing action he hates like you know he just he says get over with it as soon as you can but i don't remember him giving me any pain during this shoot uh, at least you know so yeah i mean it was a lot of fun it was uh, and visually it was great because the location was really really you know evocative you know the imagery could be very evocative so um, and we could do fun shots uh, with the train passing and the guns flying you know uh, Uh, through that and all of that so we 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 had a lot of fun shooting it and i had a great uh, cameraman situ uh you know who was on board with me and yeah it was it was fun shoot yeah, another equally fascinating sequence is uh, the one from urta punjab where um uh, shahid sings uh, uh, ikudi for the injured guy in the hospital <laughs> while the cops yeah. are trying to break into the room yeah, yeah 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 and and what i love about that scene is that i think even the cops pause while he's singing <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, they resume their I'm, attempts I'm, to break in once he stops singing yeah yeah because then <laughs> banging the door and then suddenly they hear this really, really beautiful singing so they just pause for a second what's going on and they like get on with it yeah that's that credit to sleep because the idea of doing that that at that moment he this guy says ki nahi tere ko pata chahiye to pehle gana ga that idea was sleeps and tell it to him because it really makes the scene you know and that actor is fabulous too the guy who's uh, you know responding to sick <laughs> the lover yes yes yes, yes yeah yes, <laughs> he's excellent too yes 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 abhishek uh, one more question on uh, urta punjab before we uh, wrap up um, you know pop culture often gets a lot of flack for glamorizing narcotics and the business of narcotics right and films are a big chunk of pop culture and when it comes to film you know some part of that criticism is valid you know even some of the major films that have talked about um the hell of drug addiction or substance abuse somewhere have inadvertently you know glamorized some part of the drug culture you know what is striking about urta punjab is that it stays clear of all that you know throughout the film the misery the torment the torture of drug addiction and cold turkey are front and center 
There is almost zero uh, glamorization of drugs. There is no dressing up of the people involved in the drug trade. And there is a noticeable amplification of that uh, misery and torment. Uh, was that a conscious uh, thing that you guys were trying to portray? Absolutely. You know, uh, Sudeep and I genuinely, when we were writing that time, we, you know, uh, uh, there are a lot of, uh, when you go to, say, posh neighborhoods in big cities, and you will have these parties where, you know, there are drugs available and uh, people are doing these party drugs. While it is a problem, we don't think that is the that is a drug problem. Drug problem is really becomes a social problem and it is especially a problem in the lesser privileged and underprivileged sections of society. A drug problem is a problem in the slums, in, in, in the, you know, in, in, in poorer neighborhoods. And, and when we went to Punjab, and although drug problem in Punjab is some sort of a leveler because you will have some very kids from rich households also uh, there, but predominantly what is unique about Punjab's drug problem is that it has affected people in the rural areas uh, as much as it has affected people in urban areas, if not more in the rural areas. So it has become a huge social problem. Uh, and when we saw the little that we did see during our research, the we saw the effects of it and uh, the kind of the rot that is setting in society because of it. You know, when you see the empty eyes of a 16 or 17 year old boy who uh, is locked up inside the rural thana because that rural thana also functions as a sort of a de facto rehab center because he's not going to get his fix over there. You know, it opens your eyes, <laughs> you know. And you say that, dude, like I said earlier, and I repeat myself, that our cinematic ambitions can take a backseat over here. Because if we do not do right by this issue, then uh, let's not set the film in Punjab. Then, you know, then that, you know, you want to talk about, you know, uh, drug abuse in fancy homes and all of that. I mean, you know, the, the, yeah, then you have fun with it. You know, but you can't really have fun with this. And everything that we did in the film after, from that point on, when we came to this decision, uh, was in order for people to understand this, you know, in order for, in order for, you know, the point that we wanted to make about the problem, you know, drive home, everything that we did. And I will include all the fun stuff we did also. I will include hiring, casting big actors in it also. Because the big actors is going to force a lot of people to go and watch the film. Uh, if I add some line of comedy and, you know, create characters which are, you know, that will help them absorb the film, you know, reach out to the film. Because if I have good songs, then they will. You know. So all of these things were in service of that one thing. That we've got to talk about this problem and we've got to put it out in a national scale. Because seeing the extent of the problem as we did back then, it was surprising for us that it was not People were not even aware about it outside of Punjab. And in fact, as a matter of fact, when we started researching in Punjab, even in people in Punjab would not talk about it openly. You know, so 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 that that that, that really became our intention. And we paid for it also. I mean, because the because all the trouble that we went through in the release was because of this. You know, uh, and we still clear of 
glamorizing drug abuse and all of that also because we knew that a lot of people who suffered you know uh, uh, because of drug abuse in their family or personally have they are not going to take kindly to it because they have suffered it so they don't have a sense of humor about it you know and and i i i would want them to if i can deliver a film honestly to the people who have confronted this this problem then the rest of the people you know will follow after that so so that's that's where we were coming from so it became a sort of a duty you know uh, an obligation that we had to fulfill uh, and and i you know cinematic achievements could we could be easy with that that second rightly said yes and finally abhishek uh, you have uh, collaborated with vishal on several films you have assisted him you have um, you know he has produced your films you have uh, co-written films with him i wanted to talk a little bit about your association with vishal and what i was going to ask you uh, was that if you could single out um, you know couple of um, favorite moments from any of vishal's films where you learned something during your early days uh, you know moments that led to significant creative takeaway for you and if you could walk us through them and tell us why that would be nice yeah i mean uh, i did not go to any film school right. and <laughs> working with working with vishal was a sort of a film school for me that's where i mean you know i was cinema buff from a very young age and i i had seen uh, a whole lot of films by the time i started working for vishal at that time also i was much younger and i had the stamina to work through the day come back home and watch a film on the dvd you know i had that much stamina and i used to do that every day back in back back then uh but uh the real learning how to become a film maker is something that i learned working with him one thing that i learned from him very easily was uh, the way he wrote uh you know the way he constructed scenes uh i had read a few scripts you know whatever at that time we did not have access to the free access to the internet so i had not gone to scriptorama or anything of that sort but i used to purchase scripts that are available you know so we uh, some woody allen scripts i had read i had read tarantino's few scripts and a few others and then i had started working in bombay and i had read a few scripts that uh, i was still very young i was in my early 20s then so i read, read a few scripts but when i read makbul in fact i had, i was i read makbul while i was already working on makri but when i read makbul the way it was written the scene construction saying so much through doing by doing so little i mean you know and you know you know showing so little and yet achieving so much in that 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 was amazing i mean that was a great learning you know do you recall any particular scene from uh, makbul now that uh, gave you that impression for example you know for example when when i read it uh, there is a scene in makpool where uh, they are sitting on a niyaz everybody is having a meal together uh, it's one in the early passages of the film and um, uh, it's a family scene everybody is talking and suddenly um, tabu has gone inside and suddenly uh, abaji pankaj kapoor's character he, he starts coughing and irfan runs to the kitchen to get water and you know tabu is there and he says pani 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 you know and tabu's got a jug of water and he tries to take that jug and she's not giving it to him he's like what the hell that guy literally choking to death over there and she holds him ha- his hand and says aajkal tujhe pyaas nahi lagti mia 
this one dialogue and that scene is what all of 15 20 seconds and you get everything you know it's not just that they are attracted to each other it's you know by this time that they have, se- have they've had sex with each other you know because it's the aajkal tujhe pyaas nahi lagti mia which means pehle wo pyaas bujhai ja chuki hai so all of that everything so in that one in that one fell swoop he's made so many things clear to us the entire context of the story now falls into place so that 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 sort of brevity that sort of economy of writing but done with so much flair you know it's 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 you know it's not tedious or tiring it's just done with so much flair uh, that was inspiring you know or or the scene in which they are at the farmhouse and uh, uh, by the by the lakeside and and she pulls his gun and she puts it on his head and says he says give me the gun and she says meri jaan bolo you know and uh and he's like he's not having any of it i said ja bolo mere ja bolo and then he says you know very listlessly says meri jaan jaan meri that scene i mean you know it's done with so much flair but it's done in the shadow of a gun it's it's a it's a it's a intensely romantic scene it's done in the shadow of the gun the threat of the threat is always there in this relationship you know and it's sort of it's sort of foreshadowing that this is not going to end well you know uh uh and, and so i think this kind of thing i mean creating and doing it effortlessly just creating so many layers in each scene like thing every scene it is the basic the fundamental job of a writer is not that it should not be flatly written it should have layers it should it should be true to its tone the character's tone it should you know the character's history um the film's theory all of that all of that needs to be in every scene you know need to get it right that sort of a thing was uh, very very inspirational to me as a young 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 man when i was just that was that was great thing that i learned which was creating scenes um other things that i've learned from him mean, his tremendous discipline i mean you know because uh, i learned from him that if you want to be a filmmaker then you've got to be uh, physically alert i mean you know uh, and agile so you've got to you've got to take care of yourself so he's 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 a very disciplined man and you know and, and that sort of uh, I, i i you know that instilled in me you know to take care of myself a little bit and so yeah i mean it it, it as it went along you know my relationship with vishal was not just of a it was not only just that he was my director and i was working with him or he was my mentor it was it became very very personal personal and close i mean it was almost like family So uh Abhishek uh, this was great yeah. I really appreciate yeah. this uh I had so much fun uh talking with you and uh yeah, thanks a lot uh for uh, coming on the Pleasure. podcast and uh sharing so many wonderful yeah. stories with us Yeah yeah it was fun thank you very much If you liked the episode do share this episode on Twitter Instagram or Facebook and don't forget to subscribe to the pod wherever you listen to your pods Also Please do rate and review the podcast when you get a chance. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Love of Cinema SF8. Feel free to reach out there or by email with your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can find my email in the episode notes. That's the episode. This is Himanshu signing off, and as always, thank you for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.